Hello and welcome to another episode of Empire Sports Talk. I am your host, Roman Gennaro. Let's jump right in. It was another great week in sports, and that week started with the South Carolina Gamecocks and the Kansas Jayhawks being crowned college basketball champions, respectively. The women's team went first on Sunday night. It was a good night for South Carolina Gamecocks, not just because they won, but because they had lost the year before. And on a on a missed game-winning layup by star player Aliyah Boston. And so this was very much a redemption moment for her because she said that that moment in that game in, in 2021 fueled her for the season. And while we're talking about resilience, even though the Kansas Jayhawks won for the men, we have to give it up to the, to the North Carolina Tar Heels. Not having the best season, but but getting hot when it mattered late in the regular season to to get to the ACC tournament, hand Duke a loss, a big loss in Coach K's final home game, and secure an eight seed in, in the tournament, and then go on to upset number one seed Baylor and kind of shock a lot of people by by making it to the final four and then the championship game. But on the topic of resilience... Even though they lost, I want to give it up to Tar Heels big man Armando Baycott because he too showed a lot of resilience in that game because he had injured himself in the Final Four game against Duke. He had he had hurt his ankle, and there was a lot of question as to if he was going to play in the national championship game, and he said, there's no way I'm not playing. This stage is too big. I will be out there. So a lot of people thought that that he was showing a lot of heart and a lot of grit and a lot of resilience just by playing in the game. But then, towards the end of the championship game, he turns his ankle again, and by the looks of it, worse than the first time, and he stayed on the floor e- e- even in the, in the final seconds. So I want to give a special shout-out to both of these two players who who showed really the reason why we love sports who showed why why we as fans love sports who showed when adversity comes you don't just back down you say this is this is my moment and I'm going to go take it and both Armando Baycott and Aliyah Boston showed just how much heart they have and it's a heck of a lot it was a great tournament on both sides but the biggest surprise i think in either tournament was the St. Peter's Peacocks making a making a deep run into the sweet 16 and thanks to their head coach, who had been to the tournament uh, with Seton Hall back in 2000, and shortly after St. Peter's got eliminated, that same head coach got hired as the Seton Hall head coach. All of his all of his St. Peter's players were there, and shortly after that, three of St. Peter's best players entered the transfer portal. So I have to wonder, where do we think they're going? So congratulations to all of NCAA basketball on a great tournament for both the men and the women. And I'm, I cannot wait till next March. March Madness is one of my favorite times of year on, on, on the sports calendar because you have, you have March Madness, you have baseball starting up, and you have the NBA and NHL seasons winding down, which means... Things get a little more intense as playoff seedings are decided. We had another great March on the sports calendar, and I cannot wait to see what April has in store for us. 
So congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks and the South Carolina Gamecocks on their championships. And props to Aaliyah Boston and Armando Baycott for the resilience that they showed for their respective teams. The next thing caught me by surprise. It came across the news last night during um, all the fanfare of opening day, and I was a little surprised by it. On the last couple of episodes, you've heard me talk about Freddie Freeman leaving the Atlanta Braves to go to the L.A. Dodgers and how hard that was for fans and, and, and teammates of Freddie's. And now, on the same day that the Braves started their season to defend their World Series championship, their star player, Ronald Acuna, made headlines with some eyebrow-raising comments, at least for me. In an Instagram Live interview, he, he told a reporter about how there was friction between him and Freddie Freeman. And I, and, and I guess specifically what he was talking about was an incident in 2018 where, and I'm not clear on what the incident was, but it had something to do with eye black that Ronald was wearing in the clubhouse. And apparently Freddie and some of the other veterans asked him or, or even wiped it off his face, asked him to take it off. And, and this was a little bit of friction. And Ronald has since tried to walk back the comments, saying he didn't say that there was conflict between him and Freddie, but there were multiple sources saying that that is, in fact, what he said, that there was conflict between Freddie and Acuna. When asked about it, Freddie Freeman himself said, when you put on a Braves uniform in that organization, there's organizational rules. You don't cover the A with sunglasses. You you don't wear earrings. You you don't wear your hair a certain length. You don't you wear a uniform during batting practice. You don't have eye black coming down across your whole face. There are organizational things, so I guess I was one of the older guys that had to enforce those sort of things in the clubhouse. And in 2018, what he's referring to this this incident that Acuna went on to say that, that it wasn't constant friction between him and Freddie, but this was the specific incident he was talking about in that interview. Um, and you heard Freddie mention, you don't have eye black coming down across your entire face. And judging by the reports that have come out, that was, the, that was kind of the issue uh, with Acuna. Now, 2018 was Acuna's rookie year, so maybe he didn't know certain things, maybe... We don't know exactly what happened, but we do know that Acuna is one of the brightest young stars in the game. He's a really exciting player, but this is not the first time that we've heard Ronald Acuna kind of stepping outside the lines of what's asked of him. On multiple occasions, Braves manager Brian Snitker has gotten got, had gotten onto Acuna for for not not running out a grounder to first base, for watching a home run too long. One particular instance, he hit a ball that he thought was gone off the bat, so he kind of walked up the first baseline, as you do a little bit. But in right field in Atlanta, there is a high brick wall, and the ball actually did not clear the fence, hit off the brick wall, the fielder got to the ball, and Ronald Acuna was thrown out at second. This is because he did not hustle out of the box and he watched what he thought was a home run and it cost the Braves a base runner. And in that game, it was a close game. The Braves ended up losing. 
And Ronald Acuna had to answer to his manager for that. And and we've heard certain things about I'm not saying Ronald Acuna is a bit of a troublemaker, but we this is not the first time we've heard of incident with with Ronald Acuna. And and look, I'm not trying to say because because the the debate in baseball right now is that there's a battle between tradition and youth and that and that baseball is is so dug in on its traditions that that it tries to stifle the young exciting players. I don't think this is the case at all. And there's a difference between stifling young players and asking them to follow certain rules. GMs and owners have a right based on their job titles, have a right to ask players who enter contract to play for their team to follow certain guidelines, whether that be how you wear your hair, what what jewelry you wear on the field, whatever the case is, the most famous of which are the standards by which the New York Yankees operate in that you must uh, be clean shaven, you must have short hair. And yet nobody says anything about, oh, those rules are ridiculous because it's the Yankees, because it's this big regal brand. It's one of the biggest brands in sports, not only in sports, but in popular culture in general. Nobody says anything. But, you know, all of a sudden these comments are taken as, oh, they're trying to stifle Ronald Acuna by, by telling him not to wear eye black. Nobody was telling him not to wear eye black. When I hear Fre when, when I see Freddie say, you don't wear eye black coming down across your entire face. What I'm reminded of is the way Bryce Harper played in high school before he was drafted by the Nats when he would literally smear it down his face. That's what I think of when I read that, across your whole face. They're not talking about you can't do this. Of course you can do that. But I don't think it's unreasonable for for a team to say, "Hey, don't don't cover the, the 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 logo on your hat with sunglasses. Be sure to wear a jersey during batting practice." I don't think that's unreasonable at all because the GM and the owner are responsible for the image that your that they, that the team that they run portrays. They're responsible for the pro they're essentially salesmen because they're saying this is the product that we're bringing to market and look at how good it looks. Professional sports like any business has a certain cosmetic factor that you don't want a bunch of your players, a bunch of your employees to come out there looking disheveled. I remember I, I had a job interview one time and a guy uh, came in for an interview and he had baggy pants that looked like they had paint all over him and he was wearing a beanie and he was wearing this this heavy jacket and I I was sitting there waiting for my interview and, and this guy apparently had a time ahead of me and the the interviewer wearing a nice suit opened the door and welcomed the guy and then as the door was closing said why why would you show up to an interview like that that man had the right to ask the potential employee that question because that man in that moment is representing the company and the company has certain standards. The Braves have certain standards. The Yankees have certain standards. The professional sports teams are allowed to have those standards. And I don't see this in any way as stifling the creativity or 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 the zest of of a young player because they're because they're just asking him to follow simple rules, play hard, look the part. I that's not unreasonable. Now the interesting part to me 
aside from all this, it's apparently been squashed because, although not totally, because it came up again three years after the original incident. Four years, excuse me. But after the Braves won a World Series, Ronald had, had torn his ACL earlier in the year, so he had missed the second half of the season and the postseason run, but he was in the dugout with his teammates and everything like that. When the Braves won, Freddie was quoted as saying, uh, we're, we're going to do it again with you next year. So he, in that moment, the happiest moment of his professional life, chose to reach out to the young face of the franchise and say, we missed you. We want to do this with you. That, to me, does not sound like friction. And even Freddie himself went on to say, I didn't see it as, as friction. I love Ronald, and I'm going to miss Ronald. Which is an interesting juxtaposition, because later in the interview where Ronald was talking about this supposed friction between him and Freddie, he said, I'm not going to miss Freddie. Why would I miss somebody who plays for another team? Which... You could take as him being ultra competitive, and if that's the case, I like it. But at the same time, like that's a guy you went to battle with every day. Look, you're not going to be friends with everybody who you work with. If you're an athlete, you're not going to be friends with every teammate you have. You're not going to be friends with your managers. You're not going to be friends with these people. But there's a certain there's a certain camaraderie that you feel with people that you're with every day to a certain extent. You could view Ronald's comments as those of a competitor who I'm not going to miss an opponent or as somebody who is like, I'm not going to miss that guy, blah, 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 blah. Now, Ronald has said that, that, that the media has taken his comments out of context. And so maybe that's what he's talking about, that he that he likes Freddie, um, but he's an opponent now. He's not going to miss an opponent. But I but I don't know. It I it seemed like a very weird thing to add on. Um, that no, I'm not gonna miss him. We don't know. Ron, Ronald is still recovering from his ACL injury. He's probably not gonna play for the Braves until May. So maybe he's just a little hurt that he's not out there. Maybe he's hurt that Freddie didn't come back to the Braves. We don't know. But I found the timing of, of this story very interesting, considering that it was opening day for his team and all the other teams. And they were talking about it on ESPN while Ronald's Braves were celebrating getting their their World Series rings and playing their first game. Now, the irony is that the Braves lost and they didn't look particularly good. Uh, and Freddie's replacement went 0 for 2 with a couple of walks. But besides the point, I don't know if this was Ronald trying to get attention for since he wasn't out there or or maybe he was a little hurt that he wasn't out there. So he was just he was I don't know, but it but it was it kind of came out of left field. It it caught me off guard when I was sitting down to watch baseball for the first time in six months. But, you know, it is what it is. You're not going to be friends with everybody. Uh, and this conversation brings to. And I know some people viewed Freddie's comments as what's wrong with baseball. Because in the past couple of years, we've had a lot of debate about, like I said, youth versus tradition and the unwritten rules of baseball. For those of you that may not be familiar, the unwritten rules of baseball are literally things that aren't in the official rule book, but it's things that you don't do. Like uh, you don't swing at a 3-0 pitch when your team is, is up by a lot, or you don't. 
uh, talk to a pitcher who is throwing a no hitter or you don't steal bases when you're up by a lot certain things. And that no hitter thing is, is for fans, players and the pitcher. You don't talk about it. You leave them alone. There are certain things that aren't written down anywhere, but that you don't do. And there are some that are really good, uh, unwritten rules and some that maybe aren't the best, but probably the biggest, I guess you could say violation. Some people thought of these rules was, in in 2020, Fernando Tatis, another one of the great young stars of the MLB, hit hit a grand slam on a 3-0 count when when his San Diego Padres were already up 10 to 3 on the Texas Rangers. Some were fine with it, some had a problem with it. I was in the camp that was fine with it. Should he have been looking to swing on a 3-0 count? Probably not. But the ball that he swung at was dead center. It was middle. It was a middle middle fastball. And Fernando Tatis, along with every other professional athlete on this planet, is very competitive. And regardless of score, you don't stop competing. You may be up by a lot. You may be on the way to winning, but you don't stop competing. This is not. This is not a sympathy sport. You don't stop swinging because because you're up by a lot. I don't have a problem with him swinging because it was a good pitch to hit. And if I was a coach, I would say never stop competing. It's not about running up the score. It's not about embarrassing them. But Fernando Tatis Jr. is a competitor. And I would say to anyone, the unwritten rules that are okay to break are the ones that are, that are for a competitive reason. Fernando Tatis Jr. was competing in that game. So he did what a competitor does. He swung. I don't have a problem with it. But when it comes to following organizational rules that your specific organization is asking of you, when you sign a contract to play for an organization, you're you're pretty much saying, okay, whatever you ask of me, I'll do my best to to follow that. Now, you could say that back in, in 1989, the Seattle Mariners had a rule about you don't wear your hat backwards. You don't wear your team hat backwards. And, and very famously, possibly one of the greatest baseball players to ever play, and my personal favorite, King Griffey Jr., did that and became famous for doing that and defying that rule of his team. But that was a small thing, and it was an isolated thing. It was just the hat for him. But Ronald has had a history of this incident came out of watching a home run ball, which is another unwritten rule of not running running to first. There, there. This is not an isolated incident of Ronald to take lightly the, the asks of his organization. I'm not here to pick sides. I'm just, I'm just here to tell you what's up. I just thought it was a weird situation given that it was opening day, given that Ronald's team was celebrating this huge accomplishment. And during the telecast, they were talking about these comments that Ronald had made. So, wherever you stand on un unwritten rules of baseball or organizational rules, that's just something interesting to think about. Well, let me know your thoughts on, on, that, on that. If you think organizational rules are there to be followed, or you think that don't squash youth, or you think unwritten rules of baseball are stupid, let me know. The, the Lakers are officially eliminated from the playoffs. With two games left, as as I'm recording this, I'm recording this on Friday, uh, with two games left in the NBA season, the Lakers are out. Which prompted me to think, 
ever since LeBron James joined the Miami Heat in 2012, the NBA and NBA fans have had this, I'd say, healthy obsession with, well, decide for yourself if it's healthy, with this obsession with super teams. Getting all the stars on one team together to play, all your friends, all your buddies together to play. I'm not a fan of that as far as, well, let me say this. Seeing the stars play together is the perk of an all-star game. And in the case of, you know, the Miami Heat back in 2012, I would argue that that wasn't, you could argue that wasn't a super team because because it was Dwayne Wade and, and um, LeBron James, who will be no doubt Hall of Famers, and then Chris Bosh, who I saw, saw as a good player, not an excellent player. There were many times in Miami that he wasn't even the best player, like the third best player on that team. I, I, you know, Chris Bosh is good. He had some really good years in Toronto, but he never was quite the same player after he went to Miami. Uh, so, so you could say that it was a two-headed monster. The difference in super teams, the difference between the Miami Heat and, say, the Golden State Warriors, who are the other big example of the super team, and really you could argue the super team started with the Bulls in the 90s or, or the Spurs in the 2000s, but the difference between those two teams and, and the Warriors and the Heat or the Cavs of 2016 or the Lakers of this year, some were built by the organization and some were built by, oh, let's just do this. Let's, let's, let's get all our buds together. You know, the Golden State Warriors, their nucleus who have been here there for years to get all the championships, Clay, Steph, and Draymond were all drafted by the Warriors when the Warriors were not a great team. They've all stayed with the Warriors the entire time. The Bulls drafted Michael. And then when Michael needed help because the culture was changing in Chicago, they drafted Scottie Pippen. And they drafted Horace Grant. And then when they had won three in a row, they started trading some pieces and they built it up again. But they built it. They didn't go and try to get... Charles Barkley or or Hakeem or they they went and they got they got Steve Kerr they got you know Ron Harper they got they built it up call it but it but it was still Scotty and Michael it was still Scotty and Michael it was always Scotty and Michael and they got Dennis Rodman because they knew but that wasn't that wasn't of let's go get Dennis Rodman and make a big splash that was we lost Horace Grant and Horace Grant was our big defense defense rebounding big man we need to replace him because he went to Orlando so they went and got Dennis Rodman who is one of the greatest rebounders of all time the Bulls built it up the Pistons of that era built it up the Pistons of 2003 built it up the Warriors built it up LeBron shows us the market super team calling all his friends to go to Miami, calling all his friends to come to Cleveland, calling all his friends to go to L.A. And as we've seen from L.A. this season, and even a little bit the Brooklyn Nets, although the Brooklyn Nets get a little bit of a pass because a lot of that had to do with injury, super teams don't always work. It's not about the names. It's about the chemistry. 
LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh worked. There, there, there was rumor that the original plan for, for the Miami Big Three was LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo Anthony, but Carmelo Anthony was not available. It didn't work out. They went with Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was apparently a plan B. The Spurs, who, by the way, built their dynasty up when they won, what was it, four or five championships in about ten years, built it up. Everybody was drafted. Side note, Tim Duncan's probably the most underrated superstar of all time. But in Cleveland, it worked because Kyrie, LeBron, and Kevin Love all had different skill sets, all had all fit needs that the team needed. Uh, Kevin was the rebounder because prior to that in Minnesota, he, he was winning rebounding title after rebounding title. He was the best rebounder in the league. Uh, Kyrie, this insane shot creator. Um, but in LA, it didn't work. The chemistry, everything was wrong. The chemistry was wrong. It, it's like, let's see who we can get. Let's go get Anthony Davis. Let's go get Carmelo. Let's go get Russell Westbrook. Let's go get these people. And it could not have worked out worse for LA. So that proves that super teams don't always work. For the Nets, Kyrie had vaccination issues, missed a lot of games. Kevin was hurt. But they also had have LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin for a period before the trade, James Harden. And that, and they're still fighting for their seeding in the play-in tournament. It's not about who's who's on the roster. It's about how they fit together on the roster. What makes a super team is unbelievable chemistry. The Bulls had that. The Pistons of the of the eighties and nineties had that. The Pistons of the two thousand of the two thousands had that. The Spurs had that. Cleveland. Golden State. The Lakers are showing every bit that does not work about super team. Just pairing who they can together. The reason what the reason Russell Westbrook doesn't work with any kind of super team is that Russell Westbrook has shown that he can't really play. He's not really a team player. He showed that in Oklahoma City when even in their finals run, they made that finals run because for a period of time, Russell learned how to play the point guard position. He learned how to pass. He learned how to pass up a shot to get a better one. He learned how to do these things that point guards need to know how to do. But then when they got to the finals, he became Russell again, and, and some would argue shot them out of that series. He did the same once Kevin left, and Oklahoma City made the playoffs. He shot them out of playoff games. And in this season, he's taken some of the worst shots the NBA has ever seen. He's had some of the most aggressive sound bites we've heard. Um, it doesn't always work. Super teams are not about names, they're about chemistry. And the Lakers have proven that. The NBA playoffs start in a couple days. I look forward to seeing what happens. Uh, but until then, this has been Empire Sports Talk. And this is your host, Roman Gennaro, signing off of another episode. See y'all around.